Could Sam Williams be the next superstar pass rusher in the NFL? All that and more this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked, 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 locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Layden McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Layden, we are talking about the Cowboys defensive ends from the 2022 season. Let's start here. Do you think this was the best positional group the team had last year? Yes, I do. I was actually about to come in here and say the same thing. I, I feel like if you talk about top to bottom performance, if you want to talk about a dominant player at the top, uh, a – of uh, 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 you know a secondary kind of Batman and Robin situation. If you want to talk about what Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, you can trade off who's Batman, who's Robin. You've got a, a middle class uh, Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler who kind of came in and, and provided solid play whenever uh, those two guys were having to come off the field or playing another position. In the case of Micah yep. Parsons, and then you've got a guy in Sam Williams who. Um, you know, was just a beyond a pleasant surprise, just really outperformed what everyone's expectations were, uh, came in and was a force at different points throughout the season in both the pass and the run game. Um, And then, you know, kind of rounding it out a little bit with a guy that really by the end of the year ended up as mostly a defensive tackle and Chauncey Golson, who, um, you know, we'll probably talk about more in the defensive interior, but started out the season as, as, as a defensive end, kind of a rotational guy, an inside-outside guy who could play a little bit of the run. Um, th- then eventually, as they realized they had a really solid tight four guys, uh, yep. they kind of moved him inside. So those four guys, I think it, it just, you know, no one, none of the four were disappointing or had a down season. All of them overachieved, I think, to what we were expecting of them. And uh, I think that is the the telltale sign of what, is an incredible position group, and frankly, one of the best defensive end line, defensive end rooms, probably in the NFL. I was going to say, there's only a few others that are in contention. I think Philadelphia has a really good yep. one. Uh, San Francisco is obviously yeah. really good, yeah. but this is one of the best units across the NFL. I mean, it's just it's so good. I tease Sam Williams at the top. I promise we're going to get to him in a second, but we have to start with Micah Parsons and really Demarcus Lawrence. I'm actually going to lump those two together because Mm -hmm. I want to spend more time talking about some of the down the roster stuff. But Micah Parsons was an all pro this year. He was a defensive player of the year candidate. And yet Demarcus Lawrence actually finished the season with more splash plays than (laughs) Micah Parsons. It's, it's honestly incredible how good these two were together this season. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we all were super thrilled that Demarcus Lawrence was, A, coming back when we yep. when that all went down, and obviously even more thrilled with the contract situation. I think even then, in anticipation of that, I don't know that we all uh, kind of saw the season that he was about to have coming out to play. I, I think he it was one of the best seasons he's had in, in years, was able to play mostly, you know, throughout the season, uh, you know, dealt By with having full- a lot of injuries though. I mean, yeah. he, he had a lot of injuries that he played through and 
it, it didn't really affect them, which is crazy. No. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact is, like, I remember when they kind of announced that he had that foot injury early in the season, and 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 you're just like, well, you know, he'll probably play, but you know, how can he be effective with that? I mean, he's he's dealt with foot injuries before, and we've we've had you know diff- him being out at different points. I, the fact is that he was able to play some over 750 snaps throughout the season, didn't really miss any time, uh, played at an incredibly high level throughout the season that, you know, didn't really dip at any point uh, too much. And and I think, you know, you're right. Like it's easy now uh, with Micah Parsons to kind of overlook the contribution that Demarcus Lawrence had. I mean, you you mentioned splash plays, you know, Parsons is obviously the kind of more you know, splashy in that sense, sure. right? Well, he gets but, a lot, he just gets a lot more sacks and a lot more big plays, but and and, and he's generating a lot of this, right? He's an engine for a lot of this, but yes, it, it is yes. it is time, I think, for us to be able to reach past Parsons and give Demarcus Lawrence yes. his flowers because he did all of this, had an incredible year, and took a pay cut in order to do this. Demarcus Lawrence is like on a personal level. One of my very favorite Dallas yeah. Cowboys, and I love having him on the team. Well, I mean, a perfect example, right? You go look at Pro Football Reference, and you see six sacks, and you're thinking, what What are you talking about, Marcus? Like, how does he lead this team in splash plays? Twice this season, he yeah. made a stop at, on fourth down uh, at the goal line to save seven points. Twice. Like, yeah. those are huge plays. Those are far more valuable than a third down sack because you are literally taking points off the board for an offense. It's it's really cool the role that Demarcus Lawrence has grown, kind of grown into, and I think it's taken a while. It's taken until his age thirty season, but I think Cowboy fans have like finally started to appreciate Demarcus Lawrence. Like, yes, he's not going to probably get double digit sacks every season, but you know what? It doesn't matter because he makes up for it so many other ways. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that really kind of got me is is that you know we would we would go throughout the season. We talked about uh, stops before, right? And that's where. Uh, a, a defender makes a play that has constitutes a negative effect on the offense. Yes. Uh, there were, uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I'm just checking this one, two, three, four, five different times this season that Demarcus Lawrence had more than four stops in a game. That's ridiculous. Incredible. Like it that's, is. I mean, if, if you track this kind of thing, or if you notice these kind of things, like that's ridiculous that he's able to kind of take over games like that. And, and again, Without without making sacks necessarily, but stopping making the play to stop somebody from converting a first down, you know, a negative tackle for loss, yep. a, a, a third down stop short of the sticks. All these are huge, huge plays that maybe don't get a, a statistical number next to them, like maybe a sack does. They should. Marcus Lawrence is creating plays, is getting offenses off the field, and that's really the the, the job description more than anything else. So. Hat tip to him on what an incredible season he's had. And Micah Parsons, we just need to talk, touch on Obviously. him really quickly because, I mean, had defensive, uh, defensive player of the year. What, what, like, I mean, defensive player of the year nominee and got snubbed. I mean, what? Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of hard to all like pro. hyperbolize this, right? Yeah, like, he was an All Pro again for the second straight year. Uh, this year, though, battled a lot of injuries, a lot of different injuries between a groin injury. Seems like he he had a hand injury at one point in the season. He had a big club on it, um, a shoulder injury. And the production was still there. It had more pressures that this year than he even had last year. And he got more attention and offenses were game planning against him, found a way to make a big impact. So uh, those two together is, I mean, frankly, I, I'm trying to think of a better one, two tandem in the league. I'm not sure it's out there. 
Yeah, not not if we're talking about just a tandem. I think they're 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 probably the best, yeah. and and they complement each other in such an incredible way as well. All right, let's talk about Sam Williams, who we talked about the very top of the show, uh, and what he did as a rookie, and maybe what we can expect from him moving forward. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and the calories, then you've got to try Built Bars. We've made it through the holidays. We've made it through Valentine's Day. And I know a lot of people's goal is to, to eat a little healthier as we get into spring and summer. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so good for you. They taste fantastic. Uh, what makes them good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. And they come in so many great, unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it because they only have 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even need to wait to go get a box. We've been telling you to go to Built.com for years to order your Built Bars, which you can still do, of course. But now you can go to your local Walmart or your Sam's Club. That's right. Go to Walmart. Go to the pharmacy section. Pick up a four-pack of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, or the coconut puffs. Or if you live near a Sam's Club, like I do, you can go grab a 13-box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter and churro. You can thank us later. Check out Built.com for all of their flavors. All right, Lane, let's talk about Sam Williams, the Cowboys' second-round rookie from Ole Miss. Um, I think at times we thought, you know, hey, this is going to be just a down-the-roster defensive end. Yeah. Uh, but got to be honest, he showed a lot as a rookie. I'm really excited about the future. But how did you think he performed in year one? He was the juice, man. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think what it is is that, you know, the reason that this room worked so well is, like you said, you had the two top guys. And then you had two really solid guys that played behind them and Dante Fowler and Doran Armstrong. We'll talk about those two guys here in a bit. And then you had this rookie, right, that, like, was your fifth defensive end, your, your kind of down roster guy that you would put in. You know, it started out as, like, what, like 10, 13 snaps a game or something. Yep. And, and there, he yeah. would just he would just wreck shop. Like, he would get in there and just – he was just such a – physical force and so explosive and strong and like was just manhandling tackles at times and and they would try to chip him he would destroy running backs uh and and as the season went on you realized you got to get more snaps for this guy you got to find a way to get him on the field he definitely had a couple of different moments throughout the game uh throughout the season where he had some boneheaded plays where he had some rookie plays I, I remember there being a penalty on Thanksgiving, I think specifically where I think it was an offsides or a personal foul penalty that cost us. And, and that's going to be kind of part of the, their, their effort penalties. I think. Yeah, like he's exactly. Hard. And it's, it's not really like hard. It's not dumb personal fouls. It's he's trying to race the football and he kind of pushes somebody out of bounds yeah. a little bit after he steps out. Right. I, I, I love his game. Yeah. Love his game. Cause he's just, it's all energy. It's all aggressive. It's all, you know, just, terrifying monster coming after the quarterback you know uh and so i think that that's really encouraging and then you saw throughout the year he improved like he actually gained some some uh some more technique and uh, kind of understood what he was doing a little bit better had some counters uh i, I mean i think this arrow is big 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 up for this guy i think he's going to come in next year and be uh, a completely different player in, in a positive way um, I think this is this is the kind of experience you want your defensive ends, to, young defensive ends, to have as a rookie, uh, because they can learn from that, go into the lab, and become better players. They take that experience and then kind of transform themselves a little bit. 
look, we've talked about it before. Defensive end is a difficult position to break into the NFL. You're, you're not, yeah. you know, coming in and producing right away at the defensive line uh, for the most part, especially unless you're like, you know, a top half of the first round. Uh, I think Sam Williams coming in and producing at the level that he did at the draft spot he did uh, was incredibly, incredibly impressive. And I yep. think it bodes very well for his future. Yeah. And we're going to talk about this guy in just a second, but I, I think his play has allowed the Cowboys to just be like, you know what, Dante Fowler, we, we thank you for coming having a great season. Uh, but we kind of have a player that we want to play ahead of you, right? Like it's a 23 year old guy in a rookie contract that just has frankly more athleticism and more upside. So, I mean, if you would have told me that, that Sam Williams would have had this kind of rookie year, I, I wouldn't have believed it because, yeah, man, he had, he had some really big splash plays. Not only sacks, but like there was a couple of games where he just beat his guy off the line of scrimmage and made a couple of tackles for a loss. And it's like, oh, you see it. So my question for you, do you think he's ready to be like a third defensive end as soon as this year? I think so. I mean, I think we'll see what the what the offseason does for him, right? Like he needs to take that kind of sophomore jump, I think. Uh, and I think that he will simply because of, of the fact that he played, what is it, like 300-plus snaps this year. So he, he did get a, a, a chunk of, of, of yeah. experience, and, and usually the good ones are able to kind of convert that experience into – uh, uh, a, a leap, right? They they see themselves on yep. film. They see themselves on the against professionals, and it's not even just uh, oh I I can oh I see this on tape now I can improve it, but it's also just the confidence level of hey I belong here like I yep. this is like I'm absolutely physical and and, and physically uh, able to play with these guys. Not that that was ever a question for Sam Williams, who was a physical specimen in the SEC, but I think that. Um, you know, there there were questions about his discipline. There were questions about his ability to kind of pull it all together in the NFL, which is why he fell to where he did. I think those questions are now gone, and now you can focus on what you did last year and, and where to improve and then and work on those aspects. Of, uh, of all the players on the defense, he might benefit the most from Dan Quinn returning for yeah. another year, right? Like just Absolutely having agree. the same coordinator, having the same scheme – not having a bunch of change for the third year in a row. I, I fully expect uh, Sam Williams to take a big step up this year. But I mentioned whether he's ready to be a third defensive end or not. The good news is he really doesn't have to be because the Cowboys do have a third defensive end on the roster. It's Doran Armstrong who's coming off um, the best statistical season of his career, eight and a half sacks, uh, 12, or 16 QB hits. Um, how do you think Doran Armstrong played this year? I think he played really well. I mean, I think that, you know, you, you look at, uh, again, like what the role was coming into the season. And, and at, at first it was kind of like, well, I mean, before we knew what was going to happen with Dorrance, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence and the, and the, the restructuring, we were looking at Dorrance Armstrong being your starting right defensive end, which, mm-hmm. you know, would have been a situation where it's not the best. It's not what you want. You definitely would like an improvement there. But, I mean, he probably is just a slightly average to below average starting defensive end. I think he came in here and, and had, uh, you know, obviously statistically a, a, a really good season for him. I think he ended, finished with eight and a half sacks. Yep, eight and a half sacks, yep. Just a really very balanced season, I feel like. You know, he, he played very well against the run at different points. Uh, he was he obviously had the eight and a half sacks. I, I I think that you know he came in and and Dorrance Armstrong basically does what you need him to do uh, in order to kind of make the other pieces fit. Whether you need him to stand up and rush the passer on the outside, you need him to kick inside to rush the passer as a three technique. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong is a guy who can provide you with 
a solid level of play wherever you need him to line up in order to kind of fill in the gaps for yep. Micah Parsons and yep. Demarcus Lawrence. So I think Dorrance Armstrong's value beyond his individual play is that he is a guy that kind of makes Demarcus Lawrence and Mark, Micah Parsons fit wherever they need to go in order to, to kind of be the destructive 100%. forces that they need to be. And he's a guy that, you know, if those guys are creating and, and, and a quarterback is trying to avoid those two, he can clean up. He can make the play to kind of make sure that the quarterback doesn't sneak away from those other two guys. So Dorrance Armstrong, just a very solid player uh, who gives you good production um, and has really, really benefited from the fact that he's got uh, guys above him that are kind of taking a, a bunch of attention away from him. All right, here's my hot take on Dorrance Armstrong. You ready? Yeah. I don't think he improved all that much from the 2021 season. Now, the sack numbers did. He went from five to eight and a yeah. half. But I feel like he was – he's kind of been this player for a couple yeah. of years now. And just because he got a few more sacks, I think he had a game where he had two and a half or three sacks mm-hmm. or whatever. That two really, and a half, I think. Yeah, yeah and it kind of changed some people's thoughts on him. He's just a really good player. Um, yeah. it, it, he's only 25, which is really hard to believe that he's been around yeah. for five years and he's only 25 yeah. years old. But go, he's going into the last year of his contract. I mean, talking about a third defensive end, I don't know how you can do much better than this at his cost. I, I really, really like Dorrance Armstrong for what he is. Yeah, I mean, again, like, and, and, and all of that, plus he's an incredible special teams player. Yeah. I mean, he blo- I think he blocked – Two kicks, right? Or at least blocked one kick, right? So the last so, time I checked, he was the NFL's highest graded special teams player in both 2021 and 2022. Yeah, that's that's saying something. So I mean, that's, that's something- an incredible value to have a guy that yeah. can all get you seven sacks a season and play a million snaps on special teams. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so, I mean, let, let's definitely make sure that we're all appreciating what Dorrance Armstrong does, even if he's not – you know, the the demon that Demarcus Lawrence or Micah Parsons is, he has incredible value for this team. So yeah. uh, what just another great season by a guy that's been a very solid player these last few years for the Cowboys. So we just got done talking about four defensive ends that we really like. We've got more. We've got to go through. Believe it or not, this is why this position is such a, a fantastic one for the Cowboys. Uh, more on those guys in just a second. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything and everything from money lines to point spreads to how many threes will be in a game, how many dunks will even be in a game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. All right, Lane, let's run through a couple more defensive ends on this roster really quickly. Dante Fowler signed a one-year vet minimum deal. Actually had a pretty nice season, not huge sack totals, but I thought he showed well for the Cowboys this season. Oh, yeah. I think they got a great deal out of him, honestly. I mean, he gave him, uh, you know, six sacks, I think, like you said. Yep. Uh, you know, it wasn't so much uh, of force in the kind of run game. But, you know, when you needed a, another body on the field to be an effective pass rusher, uh, like specifically, like if you had to get Demarcus Lawrence or Micah Parsons off the field, 
uh, you know, as long as they were getting some attention drawn away from him, Dante Fowler was still an incredibly, you know, effective pass rusher. So uh, he kind of operated as, hey, Micah needs a breather on this third down, but we still need some juice here. Can you help us out? That's kind of where he really made his living, and I think that he did so uh, very well. There were times when you didn't have those guys in the field, and he was able to kind of create, uh, you know, despite having your kind of second line in there. Uh, which is, you know, really that's that's really the key with these kind of defensive line groups is that you need to be able to create pressure no matter who's on the field. And so you've yep. got to find yep. enough guys that you can find combinations that you can create pressure, even if you need to give your top two guys a, a, a breather. Uh, so that that, you know, that's kind of what F- Fowler provided a nice floor for that second line of uh, defensive line pass rush that you know hey at the very least if you get Fowler a one-on-one opportunity if you can have Lawrence kind of draw some attention away from him for a little bit Fowler will give you a nice pass rush get some pressure on the QB you're not going to have a guy back there standing in in a clean pocket for three plus seconds because Parsons or Lawrence isn't on the field do you want to bring him back only 28 years old I think that's a tough question, right? Like, I think he, uh, to me, he would be one of the last guys you would sign this year yep. if you bring him back, right? You see what you've got left over from all the other signings you need to do because I do think I would like to have him back, but I don't think that it's like a, uh, you know, roster necessity. It's, yeah. it's a luxury into, to, to a some degree. Here's my guess on that one. I, I think after having the season that he did, I think somebody's going to offer him like a two year, $12 million deal. Right to be mm-hmm. a third pass rusher, basically the Dorrance Armstrong deal, which he should accept. He really hasn't got a big payday after his rookie contract. He should take it. And then I think the Cowboys will be back into the market for another one of these reclamation projects, right? Yeah, a guy that probably. a first round pick that you know flamed out somewhere else, or or, or the guy's already on the roster and it's yep, Tack McKinley, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's 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 that seems to be like. What they were kind of doing a year early, right, was getting their their guy that they potentially would want for that role this year into the system a year early, into the locker room, kind of getting used to it. I wouldn't be surprised if there was somebody else that kind of showed up in the in the free agent market that Robert maybe Quinn. enticed them, potentially him. Uh, but I think that at the very least, they they have got a guy that they potentially yeah. would use. And I also think that the, that I the Tag McKinley signing had had it feels like timing wise happened a lot of the time when they were having issues with kind of uh, holding the edge in the run game. I yeah. wonder if they don't feel like tack might be a little bit better uh, as a run a player squattier. than, 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 yeah, than Fowler is. I want Fowler back, but I actually, I won't be surprised if he gets paid. I think no, the Cowboys would no. be happy at the same time. Like, Hey, Fowler, you, we got a fantastic value on you. Go get paid somewhere else. It's, it's fine. Uh, last one that we need to mention Chauncey Golston. Now, we don't need to spend a ton of time on Golston because we're probably going to talk about him tomorrow uh, when we do some defensive tackle stuff. But we'll say with Chauncey Golston, final six games of the season, he played 102 yeah. snaps, finished as PFF's third highest graded edge defender in the final uh, seven weeks of the season, six, seven weeks of the season. So uh didn't always happen. We actually were very critical of him early in the season, but things started to click for him late in the year. Yeah, and I think you know, a lot of it you could say is you know due to the kind of position switch that he sort of made at the end of the year. I mean, he he definitely was playing uh, more and more uh, in the middle of the of the of the line than he was kind of outside as the season went on. 
Um, and I think that that's really kind of where he was starting to flourish a lot, right? Is, mm-hmm. is, uh, is is being able to uh, beat guards inside, beat you know the, the, the tackle, use his length a little bit. He's yep. undersized inside, but he's you know he's definitely that tweener, right? Between yes. you know uh, defensive end, tackle and defensive end. He's but not Dan even Quinn's found, found a role. Yes, yeah. four eye just kind of shoot gaps and create havoc. It's they they, they kind of don't have another player on the roster that has the ability to do this. Yeah, and 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 at the very at the very least, he can provide you know a, a stopgap situation, a, a a positive player, a player that can produce at a positive level on both the defensive tackle and defensive end. I think the problem you have with him at defensive end is that as time goes on, he gets exposed there because it's just, just not twitchy enough to play. He's not edge. twitchy enough to beat tackles around the edge uh, in the corner. But I think if he can put on like another. I don't know, five or 10 pounds of muscle. I mean, I want him playing at like 277, right? Yeah, I think so, right? If I don't know if, I mean, he's already like, he looks like a completely different human being this year as it could last year. So if he could find a way to add even a little bit more. I mean, he could be really, really, really good in the inside, as as we saw with his grading. Is I, you know, he was dominant at different yep. points, especially with against guards and, and centers. Going into year three, this is one of a lot of these guys start to click. Uh, just turned twenty five years old in yep. February, actually. So, I expect him to have a nice little season coming up. Last question for you on the edges before we move on or before we leave. Um, how big of a priority is this position going into the offseason? Like, do you need to spend a top 100 pick here? Do you just look for guys in free agency to fill out the bottom of the roster? What, what's your thoughts here? I think you've tried to find some value here, but I don't think you need to like prioritize like a top 90 pick or top three, you know, day two or day, th- a day two pick at least. I, I think, you know, day three. If you find somebody that you like that falls to you, Some there's no reason, guy, right? Yeah, a traits guy. If you know, I think in the free agency, if there's a guy that, that that is willing to come on a cheaper deal, maybe a prove it deal, uh, and you're looking to replace Fowler, then that makes sense. I don't think that this is a position that you need to prioritize because you've got, I mean, you've got four of these five guys already under contract for next year, and, and they're the four that you like the most. Uh, I think that a fifth defensive end that you would like to have on your roster, you could find on the street. It could be Tack McKinley. You know, it could be a couple different things. So I do think that they'll probably add one more defensive end at least to the roster. Yep. I don't know if it's going to be kind of a splash move or more just like you know re-fortifying what's already there. And remember, they had so much depth at this position last year. Yeah. Like they cut Terrell Basham midway through the season, who played. I mean, he played in week one and then he got hurt, but he played a lot of snaps to them over the last couple of years. And they just had to outright cut him because they didn't have the space. So maybe they take a look at, you know, I'm thinking of like that Babe Baganu, who the Colts drafted in the second round uh, a few years ago from TCU, like a supreme athlete hasn't worked out. Maybe you do one of those signings at a vet minimum deal, but unless you are getting just a ridiculous value in the draft, I, I I don't see the need for them to spend a high pick on this position right now. You've got a lot of resources in, in here already, you know? So like, unless something falls to you, let's use the resources elsewhere. hundred percent agree. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. I want to have you guys check out the YouTube, YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. 
uh, should let the people know on Thursday, Brad Spielberger from yeah. Pro Football Focus coming in to talk about some Cowboys free agents, including Leighton Vander Esch, Tony Pollard, Donovan Wilson. What does their market look like? How much would it take to bring those guys back? So be on the lookout for that show. Uh, again, go follow us on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.